Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to Hugh to Hugh Think Hugh Are. I am Robin. And I am Zoe. Uh, although you are apparently a Dal Valjanabi. Just full name. <laughs> yeah, Dal Valjanabi. <bleep> <laughs> <out. laughs> I'll bleep that out. Uh, for I'm any of our listeners, for any of the three or four listeners who aren't our close personal friends, that's the full name of our editor. Well, to be honest, he needs, uh, doxing aside, he does need more visibility on this podcast, so... Hmm. Yeah, in fact, not... let's everyone give a round of applause to Dowd, our editor. Wait, should we do it, can we, can we do it podcast stock? Can we do like one, two, three, clap? I don't think okay. that's applause. I think that's syncing up the audio tracks. But it, it's podcast applause. Okay. One, two, three. That was for you, Dowd. Uh, and that's all we've got time for on the Dowd front. Um, Dowd <laughs> did a very good job. Uh, shout out to Dowd editing yes. last week's episode, which I heard back from friend of the pod <laughs> hell. The ep- episode was mostly us discussing that we had technical problems. But Yes. Dowd is a true gentleman. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What? This, what? Okay. It's been thirty-eight episodes, and now we're doing segues. Um. So we, this so, week we watched The Gentleman. Everyone. We did. We did. Um, which is a movie by uh, I'm Guy just gonna Ritchie. Say Hollywood's Guy Ritchie. <laughs> uh, I. This is only the second Guy Ritchie film I've seen, and the first one was Aladdin. Hmm. So really, this is the first Guy Ritchie film that I've ever seen. This is not the. This is the third Guy Ritchie movie you've watched. Oh, did he do another one that we've watched? We watched The Man from Uncle, which is also a Guy Ritchie. Uh, oh, I didn't enjoy that at all. Uh, well, can you see that they are quite? You know, yeah. they have their similarities. They're quite, they're different in tone and genre, but yes. in the Guy Ritchie, but similar well. in that the person that we are supposed to root for is the most whitest man yes you know what <laughs> i know that guy Ritchie is like a big name in mm. the world and i know that he um you know it's it's, it's not like guy Ritchie is guy Ritchie. he's not someone you really mistake with anyone else mm. but in my head whenever i think i hear the name guy Ritchie in my brain i just see danny dyer mm. um, i see I, I don't really know why that is. I is guess it because they are both from the East End? Is Guy Ritchie from the East End or does he just like oh, making movies I, where people have accents? I've never heard Guy Ritchie talk. I think it's just that it, he, he makes a lot of movies about geezers. You know? Tell Rosie the filthy scrubber our fish and chips yeah. are the best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I had actually seen this movie before. Okay. Um, I think I watched this uh, with my friend and your friend Tayeb. When he Hello, had the novel, when he had the novel coronavirus, and we, <laughs> we watched the movie together. It was a time when he was extremely ill, uh, barely lucid. All he could do was watch movies all day, and he was hating it. Uh, and I think after watching this, he described Guy Ritchie as a terrorist. Um, Interesting. So he, I think, but I think weirdly he enjoyed it. So I, I don't know whether he just hated it at the time and has come to. I was surprised to enjoy this film as much as I did. You enjoyed this film? I didn't hate it, and time went quite quickly. Okay. Um, 
Well, in in our effort of making time go quite quickly, uh, <laughs> I suppose I should give you the synopsis. Give us a little synopsis. Um, I haven't synopsis. So, so you and I were discussing the other day how we're kind of just done emotionally with this podcast. <laughs> we stopped. Yeah. You may notice that this is going out uh, later than it should. Yeah. And um, that's because we've sort of had enough. Yeah, I think we're both just a bit bored of Hugh Grant. You know, when you get to the end of a project and you kind of mostly just want to do the next one. Uh, I, I've, the document I have of notes for this is, is uh, called The Jeptleman. And I didn't bother changing that. <laughs> and yeah, I haven't written a synopsis, but I thought I'd just kind of go through it uh, based on vibe. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just... quite disappointed because I found this a really difficult film to follow. <laughs> well, I can synopsize it, but you're right. It is very difficult to follow because yeah. it's kind of like he just keeps layering. He just keeps on laying on more shit. And every single mm. time you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, another scene with a bunch of for other characters. For God's sake, and, Tom. Yeah, for God's sake, Guy. Um, but, you know, why didn't he call this movie The Guys? Yeah. Well, he might as well have done because it all felt incredibly self-congratulatory. Yes. I mean, one thing I will say about the movie before we even do the synopsis is yeah. Hugh Grant's character, Hugh Grant is in this, gives a big speech <laughs> about, um, about how classic movies are the best and yeah. dig- digital move, di- like filming things digitally is bad. And here's how a filmmaker would make a film. Um, and he's written a screenplay and all this stuff. So it very much felt like Guy Ritchie was being like, do you guys know that I am a filmmaker? Um, yeah, and the answer especially is yeah. because so much of the film is Hugh Grant, exclu- it's just filming Hugh Grant in a room describing a film. Yes. I felt like what had happened was Guy Ritchie had written the script for this without Hugh Grant's character in it. And then he was like, he was telling someone about the film and he was like, holy shit, like, I'm so good at describing films. It basically yeah. is a film in itself. Yeah, Hugh, Hugh Grant was uh, was a plant for Guy Ritchie. He was a mouthpiece mm. for Guy Ritchie. So this movie is a is about a fella named Mickey Pearson, geezer, played by Matthew McConaughey. All right, start, all right, all right. At the start of oh, sorry, the movie, I'm just ad libbing. The movie begins in media res. Uh, uh, although you wouldn't know that at the beginning. Uh, and uh, <laughs> by the way, spoilers for the gentleman. Uh, basically, Matthew McConaughey has been shot, or you f- it is implied that he's been pew, shot. Pew, pew. Uh, he is a, um, a, dr- a business mogul, a uh, marijuana producer who, mm. in a, a, a very- kingpin. Yes, and in a very realistical, realistical, <laughs> a very realistic crime story, uh, he is paying rich people um, off so that they will let him have these little underground uh, weed bunkers underneath their big mega mansions that are in need of repairs. So they because rich money. people in the UK are poor, actually. Rich people need money because the left wing have squeezed them so much. Yeah, we've taken away their servants. It's ridiculous. Remember remember the left wing and all all of the power they've had in the last um, 15 years? Yeah, we hate them. Yeah, you know how how Labour have been in power for for the last... Yeah, they are um, actually responsible for our country's demise. Yes. So for most of this movie, we've been 
watching Fletcher, played by Hugh Grant, a crooked journalist who is supposed to be, for his boss, investigating Mickey Pearson and bringing him to justice because he was mean to Big Dave, the editor of this whatever tabloid. Yes. Fletcher was working for him, but he's met up with Mickey Pearson's right-hand man. uh, And his right-hand man. Whatever his name is. He's uh, Raymond. Uh, and he's told him that he will sell him all the information about Pearson back and not give it to Big Dave if he gives him twenty million uh, pounds. Yes. So but things yeah. happen. Yeah. So this story is being told by him, uh, and slowly we learn more and more about not only Mickey Pearson but the ragtag bunch of London <laughs> criminals who want in on the action, want to steal his marijuana plant, want to buy it off him. Uh, and hijinks ensue. There are a lot of characters, like a lot of them. Uh, and, um, and some other stuff happens. And basically the question is, will Mickey Pearson get to sell his weed farm off and retire with his wife? Yeah, and it's that, basically- I think that's what I got. It's basically True Detective season two, uh, yeah. but he does get out at the end. Yeah. Um, it's kind of one of those, like, it's kind of like a, in my head, this is a really bad way of describing it. And I know that I only have like this one reference point, but it's kind of like a Wes Andersonified thriller in that, like, mm. all the gangs. It was quite, it was quite glorious to look at. Yes, it, it, it's more like stylistic than. Mm. Um, than substancy and you know how like in this kind of movie you'd expect just like a lot of shootouts a lot of yes because the trailer made it look incredibly violent yeah you'd think and you'd think it would be really high octane but really it it kind of has that maybe like Wes Anderson Tarantino vibe where that stuff Mm. kind of doesn't really matter as much as like the presentation of like the glitz and glamour and, and um, yeah the know, trailer showed pretty, yeah. every single instance of violence in the film and then yeah. the remaining sort of what 140 minutes hmm. were filled up with people negotiating in a flirty way yes i th- i think that like there's i think maybe like guy ritchie he presents violent or like violence and like the implication of violence in a very, um, what's the word, like glittery like way where it's not really bad, it's just kind of shiny. And, and uh, which, which I don't think he did so much with his old movies, but I think uh, this movie kind of reminds me of The Man From U.N.C.L.E. because it's more about doing things with the film than it is about gore and 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 yeah you know i was very i was confused about when this was set because everyone's dressed like peaky blinders Mm -hmm. but they've all got smartphones yeah i mean there's a really amazing scene where um so so matthew mohonake is trying to sell his drug empire to uh another person matthew Berger, played by jeremy strong uh, yes. In maybe maybe one of his 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 most uh, his worst roles, and I I love Jeremy Strong. Um, I, I only know Jeremy Strong, the children's author. I don't know who this man is. He is from HBO's Succession. Oh, uh, people keep telling me to watch it, but I simply will not watch something that I can't just click play on and let the episodes keep rolling. I mean, you would you would hate it. Like I, as your most trusted advisor, 
I can tell you that you would absolutely love it. it is Friend about, of the pod, Tayab, has assured me that I would love it. You don't really like things where there are no nice characters. I do like nice characters, yeah. And there, there are no nice, there are no redeemable characters. Having said the- that, I have watched all of The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, I mean, how would you feel about The Big Bang Theory, but it's about, like, the Murdochs? Mm, I'd give it a go. I mean, maybe you would enjoy it. I just don't really think that... Yeah. I mean, I also recommend it to you as a work of art, but I don't think that it's the art, it's the work of art for you, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, but anyway, Jeremy Strong and Matthew McConaughey, they're in a car together. They're going, they're driving to one of Matthew McConaughey's drug sites and they're going through this weird, like, plaintive yes. British countryside and Jeremy Strong is smoking a cigar and <laughs> trying his best to look like Jeff Goldblum in, like, some old tiny movie. And it's just, yeah, like, presentationally, the movie, it, it kind of plays fast and loose with... Um, just like locality and because you know also like a lot of this movie is just two Americans in England chatting yes Um, it plays with locality and time in a a way that I actually think is quite fun but Mm. it's also quite like it makes me think that Guy Ritchie like like is like hot for like a bygone time you know yeah extremely so yeah um but I thought it all looked phenomenal like the colors were really beautiful Mm. everyone looked nice in their little outfits um yeah I thought it looked great well I would like to pivot from it looking great very quickly to Mm. read out some lines if I may please uh here are some of my favorite lines from Raymond uh he says I don't build a joint like the Americans (laughs) I like a good old-fashioned 50-50 mix me that's how we used to play you couldn't yeah. lift a wheel of cheese, you cunt. <laughs> you couldn't back up a phone, you cunt. Uh, these are some of my favourite lines from Raymond, who basically walks through the movie just very flatly reading out one-liners uh, before, like, punching people. Yes. Um, there's also, uh, uh, thank God you're not greed, greedy then, you diluted, shit-eating cunt. Mm. Uh, uh, which is, I think, replied, but from replied to by Hugh Grant with "Don't be cunty." So yes. Guy Ritchie's flavoursome dialogue here, I found quite one note. Um, I don't know about you. Yes, it was. It was. Uh, it was really interesting. In many ways, it reminded me of like, like a Jane Austen piece or something in that no one ever said what they meant. Everyone just like very carefully alluded to things while making a lot of eye contact. And it all felt very sensual. Yes, yeah. It was, it was incredibly flirtatious all the time. And it really made me think about how like these kind of like Peaky Blinders gangster style sort of, you know, drug kingpin, upper class James Bondy kind of met. Mm. are seen by many as sort of the pinnacle of masculinity mm. um and it's all very homoerotic i think like it's like particularly all the cigars yeah it's like and a lot of it's like business as foreplay you know like no one it kind of is presented as if like 
the results of of this like turf war and this drug like like drug battle like actually don't matter at all and like everyone's just having fun in like the calm before the storm um mm. and that kind of thing i just looked up the transcript for this movie and the word cunt is in the in the uh movie 27 times that's a lot of yeah. times but you know what i really appreciate straightforward swearing because i yeah. feel like particularly recently on the internet there's been a lot of like cockwomble kind mm. of swearing and that yeah. just pisses me off just use yes. proper words you don't need to be twee about everything i played a video game recently called haven uh mm -hmm. which was not very good but um it's about these two this couple and they're like they've escaped from a dystopian empire and now they're living on a planet that is like completely abandoned mm -hmm. um but every single swear word is in is um they change it to the word blute <laughs> and it is like so it will be like oh blute and it it will be a it's like a it's like a um catch-all for like any swear words you wanna you wanna hear yeah um, and it it was like probably like the biggest um like mark against the game for me yeah that like, sounds unbearable um but no yeah I I think you're right and that this movie is very like straight talking what I find very funny about this movie is that it's like almost entirely just about old men um like yeah which not... makes sense because guy ritchie is an old man yes but it, it kind of feels like a movie about about like hating millennials but like yeah in the crime world oh yeah <laughs> you know? yeah i mean henry golding's whole characteristic is that he's a millennial <laughs> yeah and like it's just like very um and also that he's chinese yes that yeah. comes up a lot it really does and like yeah he's he's treated like like shit because he doesn't understand how the old geezers do it the old yeah. white geezers um and yeah the, and like also like you have the stuff with um the uh the guy who runs the boxing ring and his mm. the kid that he teaches boxing to they um they rob or no they don't rob they just go and film a, like a video like no they uh, steal from them as well Oh yeah, and then they do like they, they film like a sick grime video. Yeah, they, they do like they film like a grime video and put it on YouTube, and then that was he, the best bit like, of the film. I loved that. Yeah, it was great, but it's great, but it was presented as like these fucking assholes, these fucking <laughs> so, idiot like, youths. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was very much like anti the young people, which is fine, you know. If that's I mean, like, your opinion honestly, as an elderly man, it's probably quite accurate. Honestly, like, I'm not really opposed to it. Like, it's not, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and be like... People are right uh, to hate millennials. We suck. Yeah, yeah we, like, this, this is the discourse gone full circle. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> it is kind of like, what else do we expect Guy Ritchie to say mm. about... But, of course, he's going to be one of those guys who's like, oh, well, they grew weed better back in the old days. <laughs> which, incidentally, I don't know when that was, but it was the old days. And, like... Well while we're on the topic of, of weed, the subject of the film, yes. have you ever heard anyone refer to weed as bush? Uh, well, I would like to join you in this segment that I am dubbing marijuana. <laughs> uh, um, no, I haven't heard that before. And I actually didn't know why the movie was called, like I've only just put together. Yeah, it was like five bush. different characters refer to weed as bush. And yes. I'm like, I've never, 
ever heard this. Is this an old man thing? I mean, I've never heard it, but I don't want to like embarrass myself by being like, no one says this. Cause like I, the only word I've ever used for weed is weed, you know? So, yes. um, but you know, um, whatever. I, it's, it's definitely, it, it's, it, it's a, it's a Guy Ritchie type phrase, isn't it? Yeah. Um, incidentally, Guy Ritchie is making another movie with Hugh Grant in it. Um, That's interesting. Is he going to make him do the accent again? Um, I don't think, I don't think so. Uh, I felt like actually, like I has this movie been cancelled? Oh no, it, no, yeah, it's an upcoming spy film. Super spy Orson Fortune and his team of top operatives recruit Hollywood's biggest movie star, Danny Francesco, to help them on an undercover mission to stop billionaire arms broker Greg Simmons from selling deadly new weapons technology that threatens to disrupt the world order. Sounds kind of like the man from Uncle and the gentleman mm. smashed together. So. Well, I guess we'll have to watch that. Stars Jason Statham, Aubrey Plaza, Bugsy Malone, and Hugh Grant. Get out. Yes. I'm not watching that. <laughs> I, we fucking have to. Um, yeah. I mean, do we want to talk about Hugh Grant? Yeah, I do want to talk about Hugh Grant. I want to talk about how he was doing an impression of Russell Brand for the whole movie. Why, why don't Why don't you talk us through Russell Brand Bono's Hugh Grant? I would like to hear about it. It was just like, I felt like, look, yes, obviously Russell Brand has the same accent as everyone in this movie. So it's a very easy comparison to make. But I felt like his hand gestures and the cadence that he was speaking with, it wasn't as fast as Russell Brand. But it was, I just felt like he'd watched a lot of videos of Russell Brand and started doing that. He... So he plays a journalist. Let's just, mm. let's just which I think and... he would have taken great delight in doing because he hates journalists. Well, yes, exactly. It, it, but it's like it's like Hello. okay, Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant. The bad news is this role is going to be kind of classist. The good news is, <laughs> um, the good news is you are going to get to make fun of journalists, and he was yeah. probably like, I'm in. Uh, so it's probably the most against type Hugh Grant role there is. Yeah, I yeah. If, I would say that it's, I would say that other exceptionally weird Hugh Grant roles have been like when he was Chopin uh, and what else? I can't remember, what movies has Hugh Grant been in? I can't remember anymore. He's been in a few, a fair few. I, I thought it was, um, a real theme of this movie that each of the people who we were supposed to dislike was sort of marginalized in some way. And the fact that Hugh Grant's character was queer was really intrinsic to his villainy. Mm. It was like, do we hate him because he's doing dirty dealings because they're all doing dirty dealings or do we hate him because he is occasionally hitting on this man? Yeah. You know, it was like the most sinister moments that the film wanted us to find sinister were where he was just kind of flirting with him in a straightforward way, not in a business way. Yeah. And that made like, me uncomfortable. Yeah, and I think it's weird because, like, I I think seeing gay villains is cool. Or, like, seeing, like, pre- present, like, seeing, like, gay char- characters who aren't just, like, uh, there to be, like, I don't know, like, for instance, like, it, I, I just feel like it doesn't have to be, like, if they just presented him as, like, 
a villain and, and his sexuality was irrelevant to that that's yeah. cool. but, but the, way that, they, so the many... way they presented it was quite like um I don't know like almost like scapegoaty <laughs> it was it was weird yeah and also there is like a real history of villains being queer coded exactly uh, but queer coded but not like explored in any way um mm. so I, I I think that those scenes like there was I do enjoy about those scenes between him and Raymond, um, the kind of like disdainful friendship they have with each other. Yeah. Where like, you know, in one scene, it's like really sinister and, you know, they're telling each other to fuck off. And then the next, it's like Raymond is like cooking steaks for them. And yeah. Like, they're just under like, duress. Yes. But like, there's almost something like, there's something quite enjoyable about like the, the patter they have with each other, I think. Yeah, yeah. All... I, you know, they clearly know each other well. They've got a history. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's like the relationship between cousins or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cousins who will kill each other. Yeah. Um, I think the main problem with Hugh Grant's character is that, like, I kind of think it would have been better if he'd just done his own voice. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I it was nice to have a film that opened with Hugh Grant narrating it, and then that continued throughout the yeah. film yes a rare treat well it's fun because you actually also get to see him doing the narration yeah but um, yeah i i i don't know why that character had to also have that accent yeah i mean, I mean I let's think, talk about the accents more broadly because there's a lot of accents going on here these are the hugh grant i think that it's he has obviously taken to playing against type a lot and mm. for him his complete lack of um, interest in like the the art of, of acting and filmmaking he probably feels like doing this pantomime if he's having mm. fun he's having fun and like I doubt uh, that he gives yeah. a shit like you know he with a straight face said the line have a drink with me it's really yummy and yeah like, he did little, his, yeah. at many points his character really reminded me of his character in Paddington too yeah it was yeah, very it, similar exactly I think I think that and that's probably why they got him to do the accent, actually. Yeah, and you can... You, I feel like <laughs> Otherwise he's it like, would have just been the same character. Yeah, I feel like he's an a, He's the a, the great amoral actor. He's like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Whatever you do in acting, it doesn't matter because it's not a real art form. It doesn't matter. Like, this isn't good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I could, but the other accents, I mean, yeah. I've, I really enjoyed Matthew McConaughey's accent. I thought he did a really successful job of portraying someone who like grew up in America but then had lived in the UK for a really long time. Yes, I think I think I think he there was there's a scene that I really like in this which is um he, it's an imagined scene so it didn't happen mm. but there's a, a conversation between Matthew McConaughey and Henry Golding uh, where Henry Golding's character Dry Eye is trying to buy out his business and he doesn't want him to and Henry Golding is quite like threatening and persistent. And in this, you find out afterwards that that he's that Raymond's like, you're telling the story wrong. That's not how it happens to Fletcher. Yeah. But uh, he's like, he shoots uh, Henry Golding, Matthew Monaghan, and then he just keeps like walking over to him and like kicking him and mm. shooting him and shit while saying like 10 million one-liners yeah. one after the other and they're all like it, it just it, it was a very playful thing to do I think with that character because I was like I can see him being this corny but like 
it's it's overkill, you know. Yeah. Um, I thought Henry Golding's accent was really bad. Yes. And I found it, it was, it, you know, Henry Golding is a very handsome man. He's very good at acting. Mm. And in this film, I thought that he was unhandsome and bad at acting. Mm. That's really all I've got to say about that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, whatever, you know. It's yeah. But, but. I mean, I don't really, I don't really know what. I, the thing is, I'm not familiar with many of the. I mean, Jeremy Strong was doing Jeremy Strong. He was, mm. he, he. There yeah. was one line. There was one terribly written line uh, when he first saw the weed factory. He said, "England's green and pleasant land." <laughs> God's own just, country. Just the cadence of that, England's land, was yeah. like very funny to me. Yeah, um, and also uh, his him saying to. Um, uh, uh, Matthew Monaghy, but enough foreplay, Michael. I want to see your plant. Was like probably the most dry writing I've ever seen in yeah. my life. Like every every line was like trying to add color to something so expositional and so. The script was so now. expositional. Yeah, it's it's it, but it was trying not. It was trying to do this thing where it was quirky. Yeah. Everyone was everyone was always saying this. Everyone was always the smartest person in the room. Yeah. You know? I hated right. it. And you, the instant the film opens, right, you open on Matthew McConaughey on the phone and he's like, hey, honey, is it date night tonight? Yes. And you're like, okay, I guess he's talking to his wife. Yes. I guess that's a thing he says to his wife. Yes. It's just like super annoying. <laughs> <laughs> he's, an annoying he's, he's an incredibly annoying man. Yeah. Um, I was like, the sooner this guy retires, the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, his wife's quite annoying as well. Yes. He's... Well, should we move on to Here's That Girl and talk about the token girl boss that yes. every film like this has to have? Rosalind, played by uh, fucking... Um, God, what's her name? Uh, Michelle Dockery. Have you ever heard of this person before? No, but she looked really familiar. She was in 2012's Anna Karenina. Some I've listeners might know that. that I once pushed for an Anna Karenina podcast. Um, yeah. She was in that movie. It, it's, I've watched, you, you remember when I was in my big Anna Karenina phase? I do. Um, uh, and you've had your own. Um, I wouldn't I've, say it was a big phase. It was a, a reluctant phase. Yes, well... I watched about 10 minutes of that movie and it's basically filmed as if it were like a one-take play with lots of crazy revolving like right like that's all with Kira Knightley it is yeah it's it's not good it's not it's not good but also like I don't really I've see heard how, it's terrible I don't really see how you could take how you could turn Anna Karenina into a play no so, you'd need you'd need a, a I would say a 12 episode BBC drama we should is what do I would that. do we yeah. should put that together. No, we could do like a, we could do like a YA adaptation of Anna Karenina. Yeah, I found the um, Roz, the girl boss character. I found her, you know, it was just very like, all right, we've got to put a woman in this. Here she is. That was fine. But I actually found the way that the film treated her really upsetting, in a way I that I don't normally feel about films. Can you talk us through this? Because I'm not sure I remember this. <laughs> yeah, so basically the film is just like, she is, it kind of tries to be like, yeah, she's a hashtag girl boss. She's got this like car Important, business. Yeah. Um, 
But also the main thing that we know about her is that she's Matthew McConaughey's wife and that he loves her and he'd do anything for her. And that's sort of the climax of the film is when um, when Henry Golding's character attempts to sexually assault her and Matthew McConaughey comes in and that is what prompts him to then kill Henry Golding's character. Which was also just like really lazy writing because I feel like basically the sexual assault of Rosalind was a let's wrap things up resolutionary. Yes, and it wasn't wasn't a long scene and it wasn't a graphic scene. And I I found it really upsetting and I still feel quite affected by it. And I don't know why, because I mean, there's a lot of sexual assault in films and it does not normally bother me. I mean, I think that... I think it's fair. I think I think it maybe is just like the carelessness and like frivolousness with which this is because you know like this is not a serious movie. Um, yeah, it's it a very goofy movie. It is about men and their hijinks, and yeah. I think for a while, even though it's like whatever, it's kind of fun that Rosalind just gets to be one of the gents, you know? Like she's yeah, and then she's, she's not. Yeah, and then but also it's just like. It, it, it's such a jarring thing to put in this movie. Um, but yeah, and it didn't feel the same as the other violence to me, yeah. um, because um, content warning, I'm going to talk about suicide now. Mm-hmm. Like my brother died by suicide, um, mm-hmm. like on the London Underground, mm-hmm. which obviously this film has someone dying when they're hit by a train, mm-hmm. which, you know, that is something that has massively affected my life Mm. but I didn't find that upsetting at all yeah (laughs) whereas the sexual assault scene really upset me yeah because it's I think yes it's like the presentation of it as like a goof isn't it and also I think that you're right in that it doesn't you know you said that it it didn't feel like the violence in the rest of the movie yeah and I think that's because it it's suddenly such a concentrated moment of yeah. very much immersing you in that assault. Um, whereas the rest of the movie, I think as we've kind of touched on, the violence is just kind of like very like sharp, quick. Yeah. You know, and it's it's undercut by humor. Like you know, Matthew McConaughey will shoot someone, and then it will cut to Raymond and Fletcher, and they'll do a bit about it or whatever. And that scene is just like, I don't know. It kind of, it, I, I wonder. I wonder it was if a vehicle. Too far for Guy Ritchie, like he was a bit. It was a bit above his station. I don't know if he knew how to handle that in this movie. Um, yeah, I think also it's because it was a vehicle for Matthew McConaughey's character to be the hero, hmm. which I think. Yeah, as you say, it was really careless. It was just a way of getting from point A to point B. Mm. Yeah, it just really, it stuck with me and I didn't like it. I, I think the thing is like, I think the, the fact that it stuck with you says a lot about this movie's shortcomings because mm. I kind of feel like this movie is like pretty decent junk food. Um, yeah. In that like watching it like, I'm not bored watching this movie. I wasn't the first time and I wasn't really. No, the time passed it's, really quickly for me. Yeah, it's fun and it's forgettable. And like a lot of the key points I've already forgotten. We haven't even touched on a lot of it. Like for instance, like um, when this weird side quest where Raymond has to go like find some girl who's related to some crime shit and 
like babysit her and he ends up chasing some guys who steal his phone and he's like not fit enough to chase them and like lots of random shit like that yeah um, there's like a lot of stuff we haven't because it's not it's not it's good but it's not really like memorable whereas mm. that is like jarringly memorable <laughs> you know yeah it um, was weird yeah a weird moment um which really brought the film down for me yes. but other than that i thought it was quite good yeah i mean like this is the upper echelon of of um of of, of guy ritchie for me to be honest i i enjoy it i think it's fun uh i think it's also like it's kind of like more it's more of a thrill ride than the man from uncle which it kind of feels like mm. kind of quite straightforward yeah uh, i didn't really care for the man from uncle yeah it's like a, it's like kind of trying to do like a linear bond thing whereas like i liked all the jumps and the uh non-linearity of this yeah. i like when you find out that matthew mcconaughey is like not actually um dead and all this shit you know so yeah that was fun yeah i think i think the, these things all like work it's just the one-liners are bad and yeah uh, there was a lot I feel like <laughs> like what you were saying about this film being about how millennials are bad yeah there were so many points that just felt like we're taking a step back from the movie now and mm. Guy Ritchie just wants to tell him <laughs> tell us his opinion on something yeah so like there well, was like, yeah point... like he wants he wants he wants us to know that he likes he's he's a he is a film snob um well, there was this there was this bit where we were in the boxing training place and someone, one of the characters says something racist to another character. They're not characters we've met before, but we won't see them again. They solely exist so that one of them can say something racist to the other one. Mm-hmm. And then the, um, the trainer guy, who's a big character in the film, then just takes like three minutes to explain to this like black teenager that he's supposed to be looking after why actually it's really nice that his friend has just been racist to him because oh yes yes I, yes i remember this um it, yeah and that that is also like weird writing because it's very expositionally like i'm going to tell these kids what what friendship looks like and and and, and what marginalization really looks like yeah <laughs> it's very it, you know coming from guy ritchie it's very weird it was just very strange. Yeah. Um, and then I mean, also what... all that stuff about heroin. And yeah. then when Matthew McConaughey is like, I'm an ethical drug dealer. Weed yes. doesn't kill anyone. Yes. It was what... just all a bit like preachy, but I wasn't sure what, what yeah. I was being preached about. Yes. Worth giving credit to Ivan Atkinson and Marn Davis who helped develop this questionable story. Uh, <laughs> but you know um i'm going to i'm going to say let's let's go to Hughes the boss if we're if we're done um i had a couple them. of things that i would like to mention oh good lord one the council flat that they go to yes and they're like oh my god this is the most disgusting flat i've ever been to i yeah. have never seen a council flat that nice it was like a it's bloody good. mansion it's, good. it's amazing <laughs> it's huge with like this beautiful furniture and beautiful wallpaper like sure yeah. It's a bit well, again, grubby. It's, it, again, it's, it's like, the, it's, that is not a council flat. Again, it's the thing of like, um, Guy Ritchie's too busy like aestheticizing everything. So yeah. no matter what it looks like, it has to it has to pop on the screen, you know? 
yeah I mean that the the room the sitting room that they were in were big was bigger than my whole house yeah <laughs> uh, another thing I'd like to say I'd just like to dip into the extended universe and mm -hmm. ask if you think that Mickey Pearson is related to Mickey Blue Eyes um well <laughs> no because that's not how names work it's like Mickey isn't the family name. How do you know? I don't know how crime lords do it. Do you mean related as in like familial or like tangentially related? Because yes, but I don't think they're related. No, uh, and also that would I, I, that would wouldn't that, yeah no sure yeah. <laughs> okay. But I now we can do universe. Universe. I used to love the universe. <laughs> yeah. Let's do Hughes first. Go on. Go um, on. Okay. Let's do it. I'm Go gonna... on. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really uh, this hungry. Is, this is movie number 38 uh, in the Hugh Grant, the universe, the universe. Yeah. And I'm going to put this below. You know what? I'm going to put this above, uh, above Paddington 2. Oh, that's so interesting because the whole time I was watching this, I was thinking. This isn't quite as good as Paddington 2. <laughs> I like the idea that you're always just thinking about whether something whether something is going My to be. My barometer, yeah. Is it better or worse? Well, this that puts this movie 12th for me. So Guy Ritchie, wow. you've really done it. Like just just below extreme measures. Yeah. <laughs> what have you got? What have I got as my five below Paddington 2? Paddington 2. Well, you've got Paddington 2 quite low. Yeah, I know. In a, a wildly controversial. Move. Well, not that controversial. It's not very, it's not great. Uh, oh, literally, whenever I tell anyone that we do a Hugh Grant podcast, the first thing they say is, do you rank them? And is Paddington 2 the best one? Oh, yeah, no, same. I mean, I, um, my, my boss messaged me a few months ago, like, have you guys done Paddington 2 yet? Oh, no. And I was like, yeah, but like, we didn't like it. <laughs> Although I think, I think we came across positively about it. So yeah. I don't really know what happened, but yeah, um, you have nine months. The rewrite, the pirates, impromptu, rowing of the wind, and privileged. Below. I liked this better than nine months. Okay, which puts this in eighteenth for you. Yeah, so, I think that's about right. I think Guy Ritchie. You know what? I think it was worth it. I think making the movie was worth it. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. It was pretty good. I think talking about it has made me like it less. Yes, I, I, <laughs> there were some problems. Uh, yeah. Um, well, but yeah, overall it was all right. Tell us what we're going to watch next, though. Okay, so I had a, a long list of two to choose from. Yes. Um, and I've chosen a film that I have avoided because I thought it looked boring, yes. uh, which is The Dawning. Yes, I, I feel like I've been... A I feel like I've been avoiding this one since day yeah. one. But I didn't realise it's Anthony Hopkins, who you praised his performance in Remains of the Day as the finest acting performance ever. Oh, yes, I did. And I, I stand by that. Yeah, so this might be good. That, the way you said that was like eyes, eyebrows raised. But I did, Oh, I do no, I, 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 I think it, I agree. It was yeah. very, very good performance. Yes, so, I, 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 I often... I often just think to myself, uh, periodically, just uh, Miss Kenton, hi, and then just like <laughs> nothing else. So, like, it stayed with me. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, if nothing else, he's going to be in it. 
Yeah, Side note, I've just clicked. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I've just gone on his Wikipedia and he's from Port Talbot. Shout out yeah. Port Talbot. Well, yeah, shout out. Well, I'm excited to watch it. I mean, these will be the last two Hugh Grant movies we watch. I mean, yeah. I, I can't really see us coming back to do the new ones. <laughs> so. Really? I can, because it'll be really? nice. You know, loads of time will have passed and we'll just come back for like a little surprise one episode. For the for the two new movies that he has been uh, yeah. announced for. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm assuming there's Dungeons more. and Dragons theme. We have to watch that. Yeah. I have to assume that there'll be many more because I assume in his 70s there'll be a bit of a renaissance. Mm. For yeah, I agree. But yeah, um, we're going to watch that film. Um, hopefully the episode will go up in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, sorry everyone. Point. Sorry everyone. <laughs> my, my com- mostly it's just that my computer broke. Yeah, it's mainly that. Yeah. So. Yeah, but um, yeah, until then, I will see Hugh later. Yes, thanks for listening, everyone. You know who you are. You do indeed. Bye.